This month we are studying Advent. And Advent is one of those terms that you don't typically hear all year long. It's something that we really only hear this time of year. And sometimes our our first encounter with the word Advent comes in the form of this. This is the Advent calendar. This is 25 days of chocolatey goodness. And for some of us, it's four days of chocolatey goodness, but no judgment, judgment free zone here. And uh, the word Advent means the arrival of something. Typically, we refer to the arrival of something significant when we say Advent. And the Latin form of Advent also means both coming and arrival. And as Christians, we take this time to reverently remember Christ's arrival into the world as a baby to save mankind from sin. And at the same time, we're also recognizing that he is coming back as our risen Savior. So for Christians, Advent really is a time that we are able to prepare our hearts, where we're remembering Christ and what he did for us, and we're also preparing our hearts for his return. There is something very important about expectancy. And did you notice how early people started putting out their Christmas decorations this year? It's like we all collectively decided the Christmas season has arrived. Christmas has begun. And preparation is an indicator of expectancy. You know that expectancy exists in your life when preparation has gone into what you are doing. So for example... It's like the first time you go out on a date, a first date, right? Some preparation has gone into that. You have to plan a time to get together. Where are we gonna meet? You have to shower, clean yourself. There's, there's some preparation going in there. You have to make sure your finances are in order, make sure that check, that check is cashed, make sure that you're doing something that you can afford. <laughs> you're going to a restaurant that's affordable. You've gotta make sure your car is working. So all of this preparation is going into that first date. Uh, Similarly, it's like when a couple is expecting a child, when a woman is, is pregnant or if they're going through an adoption, preparing physically is only half of the job. We're also preparing our minds we're preparing our, our homes. We're gathering all of the things. We are creating space in our home for this new child. And there is biblical precedent for readying ourselves to receive something important. As we reflect on Advent, I really want to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. I want to look at her example so that we can follow so many, of the, so many of the things that she did to prepare for Jesus. Many of us are, are familiar with the story in Luke chapter 1 where the angel Gabriel appears to the young Mary, right? And he appears to her and he gives her this message from God. And this message is that you have been chosen to conceive, to birth, and to mother the Son of God. And, you know, as a young girl, I'm sure she had many, many questions. 
One of them being, how can a virgin conceive a child? Like, how is this possible? And the angel Gabriel says, don't, don't be afraid. It's okay. The Holy Spirit is, is coming to you. And the Most High will hover over you. And the child that you conceive will be holy. And this is what Mary's response was after hearing that. In verse 38, I am willing to be used of the Lord. Let it happen to me as you have said. That's huge for a young girl to say that, right? Let it happen to me as you have said. And although Mary could not have possibly known the magnitude of her calling, she was willing she was willing to be used and she did understand the necessity of expectancy. She knew the importance of that. She began to prepare her mind. She began to prepare her spirit to be used by God in the way that he saw fit. And so what she does is she visits her cousin Elizabeth and Elizabeth is also a believer and she's also expecting a child herself, a miracle child herself. And something remarkable happens when the two women see each other. Do you know what happens? Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and the baby in her leaps just by being in the presence of the unborn Jesus. And what happens is Elizabeth starts speaking prophetically to Mary and she says, you are blessed because you believed that God's promise would be fulfilled. You are blessed. And when Elizabeth starts speaking prophetically to Mary, it raises Mary's faith and she starts speaking prophetically and she starts declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what Mary said and what happened to her is so revolutionary. It's, it's so full of faith that we've, also, we've, we've actually called it something separate in the Bible. We've, we've, we've set it aside and it is now known as Mary's Magnificat. And this is something that is, I love reading about Mary's Magnificat because it gives us a window into the type of woman that Mary actually was. So let's, we're gonna read this together. This is found in Luke 1, 46 through 55. So as, after Elizabeth says, oh my goodness, you are so blessed, Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. We need to take note of this. It's very important because... We, it is important for us to prepare our spirits and our thoughts, our minds in the same way that Mary prepared herself for Jesus. She prepared herself for Christ's arrival in three key ways. And that's what I wanna go over today. 
The first way that Mary was expectant for Jesus was in her words. Another way of saying this is that she prepared emotionally. And you can say, well, Crystal, how are you putting these two things together? Words and emotions, words and emotions. It seems like two different things. But I categorize them together because our emotions always follow our words. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in our tongue. And sometimes we don't always feel like doing something, but we know that we must speak out God's promises. And when we begin to speak out God's promises, our emotion starts to follow our words. Our emotions follow what we are saying, what we know to be true. <laughs> One of the things that, this is what really makes Mary's Magnificat so incredible, is that she was speaking out in faith whether she felt it or not, right? I mean, does Mary understand the whole picture? Absolutely not. Is this the scenario that she dreamt of when she was a little girl? Probably not. Does this mean that all of the, the scorn from her community has gone away? Absolutely not. But she understands that being expectant means that God is going to do something incredible through her and she is choosing to believe God's words, God's promise over her external circumstances. She will not allow her external circumstances to rob her of that joy that God has promised her. When you're speaking life you start to see life all around you. It's becoming known to you. Um, one of the, the pastors that I like to listen to is Derek Prince. And one of the examples that he uses is that he uses birds. And he says, you know, birds, um, there are some birds that eat fresh meat from these fresh kills. It is fresh. And there are other birds that eat rotting corpses off the ground. But here's what they both have in common. They both find what they're looking for you will find what it is you're looking for. You will start to see what it is you are speaking out. Number two, Mary was expectant in her thoughts. She was mentally preparing. Our minds are very connected to the spirit. In fact, many times this is where spiritual battles are fought, is in our thought life. And Mary could have so easily allowed her thoughts to run rampant with what her neighbors were whispering, the negative things that her neighbors were whispering about us. But she did something that is so important. It's, it was just remarkable. She guarded the time that she had in preparing for Jesus. She intentionally planned to spend time with her cousin because her cousin was full of faith and that built up her faith. This is a practice that I understand growing up in a pastor's home. And it's something that we have included, you know, we, we still practice in our life today. We don't go out late on Saturday nights. In fact, there are many times we just don't go out on Saturday nights at all because we are having to prepare our spirits long before Sunday morning begins. 
I don't want to roll out of bed and just stumble into church. I want to give God my absolute best. I want worship songs in my head before the first worship song even begins here. I want sermons in my head when I'm driving to church. And I think it is so important that we we tell our minds to align with God's word that brings our spirits into it. Preparation is an indicator of expectancy. Pastors are preparing all week long for a few hours on a Sunday morning. And um, interesting side note, this is, I actually have a little folder on my phone where I'll jot down ideas for a sermon. Because pastors see sermons and everything. You'd be peeling a banana. I got a sermon. I got a sermon out of this. And uh, this is why you never argue with a pastor, Right? It's not because they're never wrong. Pastors are wrong. But it's because you're going to end up in a sermon illustration. (laughs) I'm giving you fair warning. Sometimes I'll hear people, you know, arguing with Pastor Peter or kind of pushing back. Yeah, but you don't know my life. Yeah, but, yeah, but. I'm like, dude, (laughs) bless his heart. He is unaware of the avalanche of sermon illustrations he has just inserted himself into. (laughs) Bless him. So cute. I, um, when I was younger, I enjoyed going to worship conferences and concerts. And, you know, now we have Hillsong and they weren't, they weren't really in the States when I was a teenager and they're, you know, Hillsong are great. They're cutting edge. Uh, we had, let's see here. Oh, Michael W. Smith. You go to Michael W. Smith concert. We had Amy Grant. We had, does anyone remember Carmen? I'm really aging myself now. Carmen, DC Talk. And we would go to these worship concerts or these worship conferences, and the worship would be incredible. It would be amazing. We'd be feeling the spirit of God. We're with our friends. We're having so much fun. And one day it hit me. I don't worship in the same way on a Sunday morning as I was worshiping at these concerts. Now, you could chalk it up to the millions of dollars in production and lights and the audiovisual. I mean, okay, that that can contribute to the experience. I mean, you're in a different place, but there was something in me that was not as expectant on a Sunday morning as I was going to these worship conferences. The worship should not have been any different in me. I should have been just as expectant on a Sunday morning as I was. And when I made this connection, I realized, wow, expectancy matters. How do we show up for church? Are we showing up for worship with the same expectancy that we would be showing up to a Hillsong conference for? We love you, Hillsong. No no offense. You're great. All right, number three, Mary was expectant in her actions. I've talked a a little bit about the way that Mary and, and Elizabeth visited each other, but I'm going to pull on that thread again because there is something very powerful in gathering together. Something happens when Mary and Elizabeth met together, the Holy Spirit was activated, activated. And if you've ever taken my growth track class, you've heard me talk about gathering before and just the importance of gathering. A special blessing comes on us 
when we are gathered together with other believers. Whether it's two people or 200 people, something happens. And I think it's because it takes a certain amount of planning to make that happen. You know, when we come to church on a Sunday morning, it's, it, we're having to plan. You're having to arrange childcare, make sure everyone's healthy and well. You're having to get up. You're having to spend time doing, you know, doing all of this. We have to put gasoline in our car. We, there, is, there is work that goes into it. Let's just be honest. There is work that goes into getting here on a Sunday morning. But with that preparation comes expectancy. And when we are expecting, God shows up in a big way. And we're living in a time where it's actually becoming it's more of an effort to gather together, right? Because everything is available now at our fingertips. So it really does take an effort to, to get, get out there. I, okay, for me personally, it is very comfortable to get up on a Sunday morning and stay in my pajamas, not have to get ready. This takes a long time to get ready. And if I can stay in my, if I can stay in my pajamas and drink my coffee, it's wonderful. I just switch on the television and there you are. I can watch my husband on from the television, but something is different. And I'll tell you what it is. I'm not as expectant because I haven't had to do a whole lot to make it happen. I'm not as expectant. There is a difference. And I know that there certainly are situations and circumstances where due to illness or vulnerability or even proximity, you know, if you live in Colorado, we are not expecting you to show up on a Sunday morning. Just let's be clear. There are circumstances where gathering in person isn't possible. But here's my challenge to you. How comfortable are you on a Sunday morning? Could you invite one neighbor over? What about if you invite one neighbor over to watch the sermon with you? Because when we do that, when we open our home, we are, we're having to get up, we're having to prepare, we're having to get dressed, we're having to you know, throw things in the closet, we're having to engage in a way that we wouldn't normally engage in by rolling over in our bed and flipping on the, the, the computer or the TV. There's a different level of engagement. There's a different level of expectancy. And what happens is when we invite someone over, we're allowing God to move from just beyond ourselves. You, you know, we're living in a time where you may not be able to get your neighborhood to church right now, but you can be the church for your neighborhood. And maybe that's what God's calling you to do during this season. You be the church for your neighborhood. You open up your home to however many people that you're feeling comfortable with, but there is a different level of engagement when we are preparing for God's word. We are preparing for Jesus. We're making ourselves available just as Mary did. Verse 38, I am willing to be used of the Lord. And he was asking a lot from her. He wasn't asking her to make a cup of coffee and inviting her neighbor over. He was asking a lot. And she said, I'm willing. There is only one ability that God cannot give us. And that is availability. That's up to us. 
We have to make that happen. So you may be thinking, gosh, this looks so good on paper. I mean, sermons look great on paper, I'll tell you. They look great. But to act this out in reality is very different. And you may be thinking, I cannot afford to live my Christian life with this constant level of expectancy because I cannot afford to be disappointed and disillusioned over and over. I just can't, I cannot put myself through that. I don't wanna deal with disappointment. If I'm looking forward to something, I could be let down. And I understand that. I deal with that too. I'm very much a let's wait it out and see how it goes and we'll celebrate later kind of person. But I discovered something. I discovered that expectation and expectancy are two totally different things. And this changed my thought process on this. You see, expectation is being dependent on your desired outcome. Expectancy is being dependent on God's desired outcome. Disappointment and disillusionment is a result of failed expectations because there's some entitlement involved in expectation. There's this, I deserve something out of this when we're talking about expectation. Whereas expectancy is the knowing that Christ will come through whether it looks like how you wanted it to look or not. You can't be disappointed with that. It's on God. It doesn't have to look like I want it to look. And if it does, I know that, that I've put an expectation on that. We cannot have expectations of how God will answer our prayers. We're not, we can't have expectations of how he will show up or if he will show up or how he will move in our situation. That's his decision. He gets to decide that. He's God. Gloria Gaither said, uh, she just said this perfectly. She said, how we experience Christmas depends greatly on whether we approach it with a spirit of expectation or a spirit of expectancy. Um, I know I personally approach the holiday season every year with a lot of expectations. I, I don't mean to. <laughs> it's, just, it's just sort of there. And... Um, I think we just so desire to have this pleasant, wonderful time with our family where we get to watch the kids open up presents and be really, really excited and have some time off of work. And there's a big part of us that thinks we deserve that, right? I mean, we're believers. We, we live, we're good people. We live good lives. We work hard. We deserve a break, We've lived through a pandemic this year. We deserve a break. We deserve Christmas. But my thoughts keep going back to Mary. Do you think Mary wanted to give birth to her first child in a dirty, smelly barn? Because we all know that women are a little psycho with their first child. I mean... It takes two or three before you realize the socks don't have to match anymore. You know, the bottle drops and you don't have to disinfect it every time. They are going to grow up to be a happy, balanced individual if you, even if you don't, you know, disinfect the bottle every time. I, 
grew up around farm animals, okay? So I can speak from 100% experience here. They are adorable in a pasture where you can look at them from a distance. You are socially distanced from them. They are not good roommate material. I mean, they really smell bad, really and truly they smell bad, and they're noisy, and they poop a lot, and then they just stand around in it. They'll just stand around in their poop. It, it, you know, I mean, the thought of, if Mary had had any expectations of what it was going to be like to mother the Savior of the world, she would have sunk into a deep depression pretty quickly, because reality did not add up with what an expectation could have been. She instead chose to cling to God's promise, right? May it happen as you have said. Not as I have dreamt it up in my head. Not as this perfect birth of this perfect little baby. No, may it happen as you have said. Those who live with expectations, it's weighty. It's heavy. And they are often left disappointed. But those who live with expectancy are surprised by joy. Because it's like, what is God going to do? I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I have a question to pose today. I didn't put it on the, I took it out of the Prezi. What would happen if I came to church each week with expectancy that God was going to show up and use me in a big way. I am going to pray with someone today who's troubled. I am going to speak an encouraging word to someone who is ready to give up. I am going to be Christ's words to the person beside me. I'm going to speak his words. I'm going to encourage someone today who needs help. I'm going to ask the band to come up because we're going to have some ministry time. Because as I was preparing, I thought, boy, this has been quite a year. (laughs) Many, many good things have come in 2020. We've had marriages. We've had births. We're getting ready to have an adoption. Chloe Hope McKenzie. Wonderful, wonderful things have happened. We've had baptisms, we've had salvations, we've had testimonies. We cannot forget all of the wonderful things that God has done this year. But before we can move on, we have to recognize that tragedy has happened this year too. And we've had, we've had death, there has been death. The world is blanketed by a pandemic. There have been heart attacks. There have been suicides. There have been murders. People have lost their jobs. Families are separated. Friends have forgotten how much they love each other. We've had political unrest. Maybe we've put our trust too much in Washington rather than in eternity. There's a lot that has happened in 2020. And before we can grab on 
to expectancy going into this season, we have to leave our failed expectations at the foot of the cross. If you are going into this season, if you're going to Christmas and you are missing a loved one, because let me tell you, when there's a death in your family, Christmas is never the same. And we've all been touched by this. Christmas is never the same. There's just, there's something different. And you miss that person in ways you never dreamed that you would miss them. We have to leave those hurts, those failed expectations here at the altar so that we can leave this building with expectancy in our hearts that God is doing something amazing. And we don't have to decide how that's gonna look. We're just along for the ride. So would you stand with me? We're gonna worship. We're gonna end today in one final worship song. And if you've had, if you're just sad, if you've had expectations and you feel disappointed, you are not looking forward to the Christmas season because it does not look the way that you thought it should look. It does not look the way that you had planned. Please come forward, worship with us, leave those expectations here. Because I want to leave with expectancy. God is moving. He is doing something. We cannot miss out on the joy of what he's doing because we're still caught up in the disappointment of our expectations. So come forward, worship with us. Let's use this time to give all of our sadness, all of our disappointment, 